Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. This is a rather disturbing story in many people's minds. Uh, we heard this on Global News yesterday. Uh, two years after his drunk driving uh, conviction killed three Brampton children and their grandfather, it looks as if uh, Marco Muzzo uh, may be getting parole, may be actually getting what they call unescorted temporary absence. How does something like this happen? Is this all part of the process? Let's ask uh, Jeff Madison, criminal lawyer with Ross McBride here in town, of course, former Crown attorney as well, and always a welcome guest on our program. How are you this morning, Jeff? Just great, Bill. How about you? Excellent, excellent. Uh, I'm wanting some answers and some clarity on this because, you know, you and I have talked about this in the past, and there's always outrage when we hear about these convictions and these sorts of incidents uh, that occur. And uh, there are those, uh, some of them were in government a few years ago, that suggest you're supposed to just take these people and lock them up and throw away the key. But there's a process in place. Maybe you could explain that to us. Sure, and I should start by saying happy 90th to CHML. Thank you. Um, to, to deal with uh, what's involved here, let's break down two key differences between the sentencing process and the conditional re- release program. Sentencing is where the judge is going to determine what's a just and appropriate sanction for the conduct. And, uh, you know, do you consider it to be punishment? Many do. Is it meant to take into consideration how to express society's abhorrence for the conduct in question? Try and send the message to other like-minded offenders not to do this. Trying to send the message to the individual don't do this. Trying to protect the public. host of different factors to try, as well as what uh, takes into consideration the offender's prospect for rehabilitation, what are aggravating circumstances on sentence to raise it, mitigating circumstances to reduce it, and find a balance and also consider other case law that may be in similar circumstances and identifies or a prevalence of the offense in the community might justify a higher sentence and take into consideration victim impact evidence. All those things go into the mix. And the judge comes up with a sentence which here in this case was 10 years. Fine. That's the sanction. That's the punishment. The world of conditional release, parole and temporary absences, and they are different, we'll come back to that in a minute, Mm -hmm. are not meant to be punitive. Now we're trying to determine what risk the offender would pose if we are going to consider releasing him or her into the community subject to the kind of factors that a parole board, whether provincial or federal, will have to consider. So you might say, well, where's the punishment in that? No, no, no. The punishment comes with the 10 years. It's a different issue at the stage of after punishment. When might the individual be fit to be released using certain statutory terms, conditions, and guidelines, as well as a consideration of parole authorities? To put the per- let the person get back into the community. And it's important to remember that when somebody is released on parole, that parole is potentially suspendable and revo- or revocable if the person screws up. We and the sh- person could then be reincarcerated. So that's, that's, pi- that's sanction on sentence versus parole, and a separate issue is unescorted temporary absence, which we'll come to in a sec. But, Bill, let's start with that. Okay, and we should mention, by the way, that uh, the, the report I saw in Global News about this uh, indicated that, uh, that Muzzo uh, actually has been uh, moved from a medium to a minimum security prison and is expected to apply for unescorted temporary absence. He has not yet applied, and certainly by extension has not been granted this, but it's out there and it is a possibility, and that seems to have outraged some people. Does that surprise you? Well, yeah, sure it does. I mean, this case was highly emotionally charged. If it happened once, it happened a dozen times that I saw this poor woman whose children and whose father had been killed in the accident appearing on TV on the steps of the courthouse, mm-hmm. outlining again and again 
how uh, emotionally overwhelming and devastating these events had on her and her family and her life, and it couldn't help but evoke sympathy. And uh, that, if I recall, when he wanted to, when Mutsu was going to speak at the time of sentencing to apologize, she walked out. And there are lots in society who would say, yeah, I do the same thing, and there are others in society who will say, look, you know, we're, we're going to allow for the fact this happened, and I'm going to have, I, I want to see a proper justice system given the proper level of punishment. So that's, that's always a question of how individuals react. But yeah, the emotional reactions, Bill, I will harken back to a story years ago. You may remember that during the time of the Harper regime, there was a story floated out that Carla Hamolka was going to apply for a pardon. Yeah. Okay. Do you know that the, the firestorm that flew out, flew out of that led to Harper and his government changing the Criminal Records Act? Okay, on the rumor, I mean, there, there were other issues too, but in part on the rumor of Carla Hamolka apply for a pardon, we better change the legislation. And what they did was quadruple the cost of applying for a pardon, make you have to apply for longer, change the language. It's no longer a pardon bill. It's now called a record suspension. So, but let's go back and let's assume for the moment, what if Mr. Muzzo did in fact apply for an unescorted temporary absence? What is that? And you and your intor equated temporary absence with parole. It's not the same. Okay. What are the differences then? An unesc- there, are, there are different forms of release passes you can get from a jail and the move from medium to minimum can happen for you know anybody who would qualify within the the nature of the risk the individual poses how he's performed within the institution people regularly get moved they might get moved up to maximum security or move maximum down to medium and down to minimum i mean they have different levels of security within the institutions depending on the individual's flight risk risk of violence to others you know rehabilitative prospects so they have those forms of institutions we'll park that one Unescorted temporary absent pass, let the person return to a particular community for a specific period of time, potentially escorted by. It could be a correctional officer or it could be a family member. Unescorted means there's nobody going with him. But it's not indefinite. It might be that he can return home for a weekend. It might be that he can return return home for a day and then go back to the institution. That's what that is. That's what an unescorted temporary absence pass is. And it is provided for... Uh, that it, legislatively, that when somebody has done a sixth of his sentence, okay, and by that I mean he's eligible for parole after serving a third. Okay, so here on a 10-year sentence, three and a third years, if my math is right, is that 40 months? So he's eligible to apply for unescorted temporary absence passes at 20 months, at half that. But he might do a weekend pass and then back and continue on in the institution. That's what we're talking about. We're not talking about out on parole. We're talking about out for a weekend. And there might be a certain number of those he can have, and part of the process is to, in his case, it may not be as critical, but reintegrate the individual into the community. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.